What cancer taught me and teaches everybody is what's important in your life. Yes, absolutely. All of my clients come to me because everybody is searching for something. If they have money, if they have love, everyone is searching for something. And instead of finding what that something is, which I'm going to tell you what it is in a second, we buy things. We, we um, medicate ourselves with food, with alcohol, with drugs. We fill in the hole to numb it because we're searching for something and we think that that something will do it. Fear stops us from achieving our true greatness. Are you a professional woman who is feeling stuck, unmotivated, or burned out? Are you worried about your wellness? Are you letting fear stop you from crushing your goals? If you answered yes to any or all of these, then this is the podcast for you. Dr. Charmaine Gregory, Night Shift Emergency Physician, Burnout Thriver, and Wellness Champion, along with everyday heroes just like you, will explore how to face fear in our lives and emerge victoriously. Dr. Gregory here. Did you know that I'm on YouTube as well? You can find me at Charmaine Gregory, MD. See you there. Here. Hello, 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 Fearless Freedom Tribe. This is Dr. G, and we are back for another exciting episode of the Fearless Freedom with Dr. G podcast. Today, we have Kevin Roth, and he is going to tell us all about himself and what he is up to. Take it away, Kevin. Well, thanks for having me on your program. Um, what can I tell you about myself? Well, the two major things is for the first 50 some years of my life, I have been a musician. I was well known and still am, I guess, as a dulcimer player. And uh, I became well known in the 70s and 80s for my music albums on dulcimer and then children's music in the 80s and 90s. I sang the theme to Shining Time Station on PBS TV and I thought my whole career uh, was going to be uh, fame and fortune, which I acquired a little of both, but I thought it would make me happy, and it didn't. And then I thought, well, if I just fall in love, that'll do it, and that didn't. So what happened was in 2015, out of the blue on a routine dermatology appointment, to make a long story short, I was diagnosed with stage three melanoma and told I had maybe a year to live. Well, I think was, they said two or three. They, they x-rayed me and said that they had removed the, the two small spots, but that there was a 70% chance it was going to come back within a year and then I'd be dead within two because there's no cure. So this was a death sentence. So I always tell people nothing like a death sentence to wake you up. So I was always a fairly spiritual guy, uh, not religious, but spiritual. And I've had some mystical moments, uh, but none like this. So this is what I call a spiritual kick in the ass. And I had to go way down deep, down the rabbit hole, way past Alice's stop in the Wonderland. And I had to ask myself, what matters to me? Why? And what am I going to do with any remaining time? So my gut said I wasn't going to die, which was right, because obviously I'm here. The cancer, right. <laughs> cancer never came back. But I changed my story. 
in my head. I thought, you know, if you can create a career that's as successful as yours playing a dulcimer, you can create a life where you're happy and you're not stressed and you're not taking the crap that you've dealt yourself onto yourself. Mm. So I changed my story and I said, you know what? I was living in Kansas at the time. I said, I'm getting the hell out of Kansas. I'm going to California. I'm going to live an artistic bohemian life and I'm going to do it my way. I'm dropping stress, um, dropping debt. Uh, and I'm taking me, my 15 dulcimers and my little dachshund Bosco. And we're going to California, like the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> nice. And, and I, I can just, I can see that image because I used to watch that show all the time. <laughs> yeah. With and, all the and, pans and everything yeah. hanging off the side of the car. Yeah. <laughs> and then one day someone said, why don't you become a personal coach and teach people how to do what you do? And I didn't even know what a personal coach was. So um, I thought about it and I started to get one or two clients just to see if what I did to find happiness worked for other people. Mm. And it did. And it's been great ever since. So I became what I call a creative life designer because I take people where they are find out what they don't want anymore, find out what they do want, and then I show them the steps to get there. Nice, that, nice. That's, that's my gig. No, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love the fact that you gave detail on the story. That's fabulous. It's fantastic. And yeah, fact, I, I, I have a question for you before you tell me that. Is sure. that your guy in the back there in that photo? Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a picture <laughs> of my album cover from the Deviant Dulcimers. That's Bosco. Uh, go to my Facebook page. I think it's just Kevin Roth. Uh, I don't even know the name of my Facebook page. I think that's what it is. Or my website, kevinroth.org. You'll see pictures of Bosco. And also I'm, I'm finishing up a book, which will be out later this fall. Um, and there's lots of pictures of me and Bosco hiking. He's, he's my, he's my soulmate, my fur mate. <laughs> nice. Nice. And so what is the book about? Everything I just told you, my whole story. It's not okay. so much about my career, because my career doesn't interest me, my, my music career. What interests me is how I beat a death sentence. Right. Because remember, I had a 70% chance of dying. Yeah, so, I mean, that's uh, quite remarkable that you, you've you emerged from that, you know, like the phoenix, essentially. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty incredible. And I had to ask why. I had to ask myself, my inner voice, why. And what came to me almost immediately was to teach what you're teaching. Nice. So that's what I do. Yeah. That's awesome. That's incredible um, purpose, you know, because obviously there are people who also need that. <laughs> Probably many people who need it. And so you are in the perfect uh, scenario situation in order to help them, which is which is amazing. You know, it's kind of like, um, I don't want to say dramatic, but it's kind of uh, almost painful, like how it came about. But at the same time, it's like through your pain, um, I love to say that every time we get tested, there's always a testimony because it's usually because there's something that we're learning from that situation that we're going to be able to either apply to our own lives or to lives of other people. And so clearly this has manifested in the coaching situation for you. 
And, you know, so I'm assuming that you're not having any issues whatsoever with the cancer. That's what my no. assumption would be. Okay. Yeah, so that's amazing. That's really amazing. And I never had to do chemo or anything like that. It was more like almost kind of a spontaneous healing. It, um, in the book, I talk about it, but just to give you a quick synopsis of what happened. Out of all the oncologists in Kansas, and believe it or not, there's a lot of them. And okay. I was in Kansas just for two years working on a, on a record album. Okay. Uh, there was one guy I wanted and he was not accepting new patients. So I interviewed other oncologists who I didn't like, and I ended up having to go with this woman who I didn't have a gut, good feeling for at all, but oh, she, no. was able, she was able to get the tests done, the MRI and the CAT scan. So I went into her office to get the results and she basically said, well, there's no signs of cancer anywhere, but we want to do this, this, and this now. And I said, why do you want to do that to me if there's no signs of cancer? And she said, well, it's protocol. And I said, well, my name is in protocol. I said, if you don't see cancer, you're not touching me. And she said, well, it's in your system microscopically. And I said, well, then you got to take everything out. And I walked out of her office and uh, the receptionist desk had the card of the oncologist I wanted, who actually worked in that office. I had no idea. And I demanded to see him. And he was the only one that agreed with me, do nothing. Let's wait and see, and uh, that's how it that's how it worked out. So you know what cancer teaches, well, what cancer taught me and teaches everybody is what's important in your life. Yes, absolutely. All of my clients come to me because everybody is searching for something. If they have money, if they have love, everyone is searching for something. And instead of finding what that something is, which I'm going to tell you what it is in a second, we buy things, we, we um, medicate ourselves with food, with alcohol, with drugs, we fill in the hole to numb it, because we're searching for something and we think that that something will do it. So what is that something? That something is you can call it God, Buddha, uh, you, you, can, you can call it uh, Bob Dylan, doesn't matter what you call it, but it's actually where and what you are and where you come from. Uh, and until you find that and you understand what that is, you'll keep searching. So the interesting thing is it's super, super simple. So what happens is I have some clients who say, well, uh, you know, I think that's woo-woo bull. And I say, okay, do you believe in science? And they say, yeah. I say, okay, well, science says the universe is expanding, but into mm -hmm. what? Right. Right, everybody says, well, it's all the ego and the mind, all the monkey mind. Okay, so get the best brain surgeon in the world, get all of them, put them in a room, dissect a brain, dissect a hundred of them. You will never be able to hold a mind because there's something physical called a mind. Mm -hmm. So what is it? It's called consciousness. What is consciousness? It cannot be defined, but it exists. So when the ancient scriptures said thousands and thousands of years ago that this life is a dream, they were right. And now science through quantum physics is saying the same thing. 
The problem is that whether this is a dream or not, and it is actually a dream if, when you really look into it, you're still having the experience of it. Right. So how do you live within the dream happily so that when you take your last breath, you don't regret what's happened and you understand where you've come from and where you're going. And that's the joy in what I do. So people come to me and they say, well, you know, I want to make more money or I, I want to find someone to love or I, I want to get a house or something like that. And those things are attainable. I can show you how to do that because I've done all of that. But as soon as you get them, you're going to be back where you started mm. in, in your heart. So you can have a lot of zeros in your checking account, but you have a zero in your heart. Fill in the heart. You don't need all those zeros. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That yeah. is great. And then so, you know, this is this brings us to, you know, so how. So, OK, you had this amazing transcendence that occurred when your back was up against the wall. Right. You, you were like, whoa, this is what is this? My my time could potentially be up. I need to you know make good on what I have left. And so at that moment, was there a fear that you felt? And if there was, how did you deal with it? Tremendous. <laughs> I mean, it, it's because you don't you feel like you don't have any control over it which is true um and it's a big guessing game in the medical field because no two people have the same kind of cancer or no two people experience the death of a child the same way so there is a normal thing of grief you go through you know the denial and the acceptance and the and the anger and all that stuff but really what happens is you end up, if you're lucky, and it doesn't take a lot of luck, but what you end up doing is falling in love with yourself. Mm -hmm. You end up having empathy for yourself. I walked through my apartment the morning the doctor called and told me the news, and I said out loud, don't worry, buddy, we'll get through this. And I, for half a second, I didn't know who I was talking to. Wow. And I, and I realized through the short period of time that I was talking to doctors and nurses and people that were strangers, mm -hmm. except for the doctors, really, they didn't have this except the one I went to empathy. Everyone else had a lot more empathy for me than I had for myself because I'm an A type personality. Mm. You know, you, you can't get to have 50 record albums and a TV show and all that stuff being someone who's shy. So right. I was in charge of my whole career. This completely flattened it. This was like, oh boy. You know, you're not in charge of anything. So I learned to like myself. That's sometimes love myself. You know, I'm per I'm happier now than I've ever been in my life because I live an authentic life and I do what I love. I help people uh, find their something, find, you know, their, their purpose and, and change their life uh, to, you know, to make things happen. So you have this podcast, right? You didn't yes. always have this podcast, right? Not no. A lot of people want to have podcasts. There's hundreds of thousands of these things. Most don't make it. You're, right. You're, you're sticking to it because you're invested in it emotionally. You feel this is important. This is who you are, right? Yeah. That's the whole game. That's the whole game. That's the purpose. So somebody's hearing this today and they're getting it on some level. And that's what the whole dream experience is about. Nice. That's what I 
<laughs> so, so you, you basically, um, so you came home, you had the fear, you were, you were inadvertently talking to yourself or talking yourself through it without even realizing it. And then, then you got to the point where you said, okay, I'm actually talking to me. I'm actually like acknowledging my feelings about it and where we're headed. Is that a, is that a good summation of what happened? Yeah. And I wanted to know how I got it because I was healthy. Cancer yeah. was something that happened to everybody else. It would never happen to me. And when you ask, how did you get ill? You, mm -hmm. you know, you know, and what came to me was stress and inflammation. So I was 30 pounds heavier than you see me now. Okay. And I was stressed out to the max because I was in the music business, which basically dried up because everyone downloads records for free. They don't pay for music anymore. So it created a lot of stress um, in my life. And I had anger issues. I was very negative. Mm -hmm. um, I, actually, the year before what had happened is my nine-year relationship ended. The small retail store that I had opened up went bankrupt and my father who was 90 who was my best friend died so oh that is a lot yeah, yeah it's a lot. a lot yeah so then i i was in florida during all of that and then i went to kansas and hung out with my sister for uh, a couple months when all this happened oh, so I, see. I said i'm not doing this anymore so i i changed my story and that's what i teach people to do is change your story when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. The, the problem is this, with, with a lot of coaches, this is a problem, or, or psychotherapists or whatever. They, they tell you what to do, they know how to do it. But what they don't tell you is that every day, like I got this little book here, right? It's a tiny little mm -hmm. book. On one page, I have written out who is Kevin. He's gotcha. an artist, he's a coach, he loves to hike, he loves his dog. Um, he likes Peter Paul America. I look right. at this thing frequently to remind myself of what my story is so that every day I'm doing something that uh, emboldens it. So today I went for a, a little hike with my dog, right? I'm, do, I'm mm -hmm. today I'm doing a bunch of podcasts and I'm talking about what I do that I love. So I'm reinforcing the Kevin I want to be. I don't go anymore to the Kevin who was almost bankrupt. Well, I'm not almost bankrupt. I'm, I'm doing quite well now, but I, I wouldn't go back to that. If a negative thing happens, well, it, well, I'll tell you a great, this happened today. I'm going okay. on a big road, road trip and I'm out of a certain kind of dog food and nobody has it, Okay. including Amazon. So I started to get really pissed off because I'm thinking my dog needs a certain kind of food. It's a, it's a prescription. Now, what am I gonna do? So what happens is the stinking thinking comes up, mm. That's but I don't hold on to it. So what I said is, I'm going to be gone for two weeks. My dog isn't going to dry up and blow away. You'll find something to feed him. He's mm -hmm. not going to get sick because you'll make intelligent choices. And the food will be there when you get back. And that nice. quiets the mind. Mm. So I'm invested in keeping the monkey mind to a minimum. Mm. Yeah. Because these things, you, you can personalize them, you know, you yes. can say, why does nobody have any dog food? Why is it always me that has to, blah, blah, blah. that's not going to do you anything. No, nope. but 
So this is the, the, the lesson. So you have empathy. And I just said, well, you know, it, and then of course I found it. it it's coming on the truck tonight at eight o'clock. I got to pick it oh, up. Oh, look at that. Not, look at that. You see, course, once, you, once you change your mindset, like yeah. boom, things happen, right? That's right. <laughs> oh, that's, that's right. great. That is great. <laughs> Where'd you end what up finding it? it, by the way? I'm just curious. Where'd you end up finding it? Oh, a Petco? <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know what, what's fun is that when I, I was telling a client once, uh, she said, it, it was coming up to Thanksgiving, and she said she was dreading to be with her in-laws because they hate her and she hates them. And I talked her into not going. I said, why would you want to go? You know, well, my husband, he wants to go every year. I said, does your husband actually want to sit there and feel that tension? Right. So ask him, say, I'm going to go. So I'm going to stay here. You go. Or we could have Thanksgiving with the family here. I'm perfectly happy doing Thanksgiving by myself. And he went and she stayed and she's been smiling ever since. So one of the fun things I do is I give people permission to do what they, they want to do, what they feel is the right thing to do, but think they're going to get clobbered by other people for it. Oh, yeah. And then when they try it and they see that it works, well, you know, they didn't die. <laughs> so she skipped Christmas. Right. And she, oh, and wow. She, she did Thanksgiving and Christmas. She skipped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And then she recently ran into another situation uh, where we were talking about it. And I said, you know what? If you could just let go because you can't fix people and don't get attached to this particular person in their situation. What you don't know won't hurt you. That's right. So she let it go and she watched the drama unfold without her input. And she said, boy, am I, I call it stepping in it. If you can smell it and see it, don't step in it. Right, right, right. You have been warned. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I wow. I smelled it coming and I didn't step in it, Kevin. I said, there okay. You go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And so if somebody wants to work with you, they just go to um, kevinroth.com. Is that no, where they Kevinroth, go? Kevinroth.org.org. Okay. And I give out a free 30 minute consultation to see if we're a match. I also have a free breathing exercises for stress on that website, kevinroth.org. And I have a course online, which is mentioned in, on my website. It's uh, www.kevinroth.teachable. Dot com and then my book will be out in the fall and be on my website. But that, that that that's the best way to do it. There's a small form that people fill out that says what are you looking to achieve with coaching, and then you know I call you if I think it's appropriate and we we talk and see if we rock and roll. No, that sounds great. That sounds great. Hey, it's Dr. G, and I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to this episode. I'm so honored to have you here with me. Did you know that I can help you to get your own podcast started? With my podcasting launch course for professionals, I walk you through everything you need to know about starting a podcast. I'm with you every step of the way from sign up to launching your show with five episodes ready to go. There's a done for you version that's also available. If you would just rather 
just do recordings and leave the behind the scenes work up to us, then that one is definitely for you. But either way, we've got your back here at Fearless Freedom with Dr. G. Oh, if you already have a show and you need production services, we have monthly plans available for you. So check out the links in the episode show notes for more information. Let's get back to the show. Yeah, it's it's definitely um, so fascinating. So listening to your story, your journey, um, it's interesting to me because, you know, I talk to people who are coaches um, in different arenas. You know, people are very specific in what they coach. Um, they may uh, coach a certain kind of person, uh, you know, all of those things. But a lot of times people will have gone to some kind of, course or done some kind of certification. Um, but then other times people have essentially used the school of life to become coaches. And so I always find it fascinating when someone has like, um, the insight that you are, that you're demonstrating without ever having gone through any kind of formal program. Well, I don't know. I shouldn't, I shouldn't make that assumption. You might have, I don't know if you did, you didn't mention it. So that's why I assumed. Um, but well, you know, like it, so I don't, I don't know, like it, to me, I thought it was interesting that you came to those, the, that place without ever having someone coach you there yourself. Yes. Well, to answer your question, I have actually studied a whole bunch of psychology and a whole bunch of stuff that gives me some of the background, but there's nothing okay. right. like experience. So I always teach from experience. And here's the thing to remember. Here's the advantage of working with a coach. You can buy a self-help book and read it, but no one is holding you accountable or responsible for actually changing your life. So if you're paying a coach to help you, they're going to be there and they're going to say, why did you do it? Or what didn't you find? Because mm -hmm. you're, you're putting up some money to invest in it. And also, you know, you can read, um, let's say someone's really religious and, and, and they, uh, they read um, the Bible a lot, but they don't actually contemplate. For instance, uh, in the Bible, it says, uh, or somewhere it says, be still and know that I am God, or I am mm -hmm. that I am, one of those things. Well, people rattle that off all the time. I mean, it's just, it's one of the famous quotes from the Bible, right? Or something like that. But they don't sit and they don't contemplate on it. They don't sit and, and take it in and say, what is be still and know that I'm God? What does that mean? And, and actually meditate on it. Right. So in coaching, uh, it's not like a self-help book where you can read something. Uh, let's say if you want to find love and, and you read it and it says, well, you have to do certain things. You have to love yourself. Right. Well, what does that mean? And, you know, yeah. that, that book is for the public. Why don't you love yourself? Is it that you weren't okay. loved as a kid? Is it that you were in an abusive relationship? You know, mm -hmm. a lot of my clients, you know, are old, you know, from, I guess they're in the forties on up and they're still living as their younger child. You know, uh, they're, they're taking, uh, how they were raised by their mm -hmm. parents that carries gotcha. through. You know, I had a woman who was a client and she wanted to be a nurse her whole life. And her father told her she was too stupid to be a nurse. 
Oh no, I hate so, hearing that. <laughs> never went there. And when I started oh. working here, uh, she was in her late sixties and had some physical ailments, but still desired to be a nurse. I said, well, how about if you work in the healing field? How about as a massage therapist? And she said, I don't have the strength in my hands. I said, there's something called Reiki where you don't use any physical contact at all. It's an energy thing. And she, and she's a Buddhist. So she loved that. And she, mm -hmm. you know, began to get involved in it. So I love finding what people's dreams are that get shadowed by becoming a wife, a mother, a husband, uh, a boss. They put it aside for the zeros at the end of the checkbook, but yeah. are, end up in life with the zero in their heart and soul. And that's just, it's a waste. It, it doesn't need to happen. True. Drop, that know. is good. It's, that's yeah. really true. It's like, yeah, no, it's, um, it's so telling for, I mean, several conversations I had recently, very, very similar to that. And, you know, when people do dig deep and figure out, why they have attitudes towards certain things and how it stems back to their childhood. As soon as that is revealed, then, you know, as soon as they take that away, it's like, oh, it's such a clarity that uh, that happens. And then they're able to move forward to that goal. So I love that you gave her, you, you saw where she was and you gave her an alternative to the original dream, right? So the original thing was nursing, but then this is a form of healing, a form of you helping another human being like you would in nursing. And it also connects to your spirituality, which I think is amazing. So, you know, that was, that's a, that was a great outcome for her. I know that it shows she's still, she's still doing this. She's still doing this practice. I haven't talked to her in a, in a while because she was one of my early clients, but I know that everyone who works with me is happier than they were when they first came to me, you know, um, because I know what I do works because it worked for me and it works for all of, all of my clients, you know, and, uh, but you have to be ready and willing to change, you know, the expression when the student is ready, the teacher shows up. Absolutely. So, that's why I have an interviewing process to, to weed out who would be, uh, who I would be helpful for. You know, a that lot makes of people sense. say, well, I, I want to change. Like I want to lose weight, but I'm eating my Doritos. Yeah. Yeah. So, like as I talk to you, I really want to lose weight. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's like with losing weight, because I've, I've helped several clients lose weight. It's not what you eat necessarily as much as what's eating you because we eat to medicate, we eat to numb out. You know, if we only ate until we were full, there would be no multi-billion dollar diet industry. Yeah, I mean, I can go on a tangent about that, which I won't, but yeah. you, people need very little food to live, you know. But I don't, you know, I don't deprive myself, my clients don't deprive themselves either, but they get to the root of what everything is. And that's the key to happiness is to understand and accept that life is up and down. And if you know how to ride the surfboard, so to mm -hmm. speak, yeah. the waves of life, it's, it's a, it's a fun experience. You know, I have a great life going. So sounds know. like it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That is fantastic. Wow. No, that's, that's really good because, um, I think a lot of times we don't look at things that way, right? We don't look at, you know, the things that we do, we don't look at the 
reason why we do them being something that's deep down inside or something that we experienced before or some kind of defense mechanism towards something that we may have encountered or some trauma or something like we don't typically do that because like you said, you have to be ready to change. And in order to do what you're saying, which is rewriting your narrative, you not only have to be ready to change, but you have to be willing to take the feedback, right? Because it's not an easy thing to change something that you've been doing for 47 years, just on a dime. You have to be in a place where you're willing to take the small steps to change. And you're willing to get the feedback that will help you to do those things. So it's, it's like a, a lot of things that have to come and be aligned in order for you to be in a position where you can truly rewrite your narrative, get freedom, right? Because I mean, when you are happy, when you're doing all the things that you that you're endorsing here, that is freedom, right? Because that's a mental freedom. That is a spiritual freedom. That is a freedom that you experience. And you are indeed fearless at that point. You don't lack fear, but you proceed with life without being hindered by fear. And so I love that. I love that. I think that's a great, a yeah. great, uh, you know, like package. Yeah. You know, you don't want to wait until God forbid you get cancer or you lose a child in a traffic accident. You know, I had a, do we have time? I'll tell you another quick story. Oh yeah, absolutely. I was making a record album. This was many years ago and there was a really great sax player, really, really great. And he played on the record and he was about a 300 pound guy. He was a big guy. And um, I forget his name, but a couple years later, I called him back to work on another album. And I didn't recognize it. He came in, he was like, I think he'd lost 130 pounds. And he seemed different. And I said, in, in so many words, I said, what, what happened? How did you lose all that weight? And what he told me was that he was a janitor in a, uh, in a apartment building. He was, you know, taking care of things and he lived there with his wife. And one day he came home early and found his wife in bed with another guy. Oh no. And he was heartbroken and he felt like a loser. And oh. I, I don't know if he had a discussion. I'm sure he had a discussion with his wife, but whatever came of that, he felt like a loser. So he enrolled in a university to become a mechanical engineer, which is not an easy thing to do. No, it's not. <laughs> but I said, what made you pick that? And he said, because it was the hardest thing I could find to do. And I was not going to be that guy that she walked out or, or, or had, you know, cheated on. So he wow. changed in a couple of years, you know, he left his wife and he became this mechanical engineer and started to make six figures and looked really great. Of course. <laughs> and he really, really changed. And of course, when she saw that, you know, she wanted him back and he right. had nothing to do with her. So mm. sometimes you have to hit bottom in other ways. Mm. You don't need to hit bottom. You know, you don't need to hit bottom. I mean, his experience was a rough one emotionally and mentally. Yes. Um, but all you need is to change. You know, it, it can be as simple as moving into a new apartment 
that you, you thought was great, you checked it out, it was beautiful, and then you get in, you find out that the guy above you, you know, is, you know, sounds like a gorilla and is playing music all night long. And you say to yourself, well, I have to stay here for a year because I signed a lease. No, you don't. You don't have to stay there for a year. You know, there are ways out of a lease. Right. Why would you stay there a year? So people don't think that they have options, but there's options all over the place. It's, it's saying to yourself, I deserve better. I did the best I can and I'm moving on. And then you do it. And you work with people who know how to do that. How to, how to change, how to really change. And what did they do to do it? That's the advantage of my coaching is that I know very clearly what I did uh, every day to say to myself, you're, you're getting out of here. You know, when it, <laughs> to live in Kansas is way cheaper than to live in San Diego. Way cheaper. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I, I was almost bankrupt. And I called my friend out here who's a realtor, and I said, I need a one-bedroom apartment with parking for a 1000 mm -hmm. And he laughed. He said, I, I can't even find you a room for $1,000. In Kansas? No, no, in San Diego. Oh, in San Diego. Okay. So <laughs> I was I, like, dear Lord, I, what has happened to Kansas? <laughs> yeah. So I said, you know what? I, I see myself in San Diego living by the beach. And I, I'm not spending more than that. I'm not spending $1,500 a month. I don't have it. Right. So I got online and it took me two weeks. I found a one bedroom that was being redone for a thousand dollars. With parking? It'll be ready in four months, parking and laundry on site. Nice. And I lived there for six years. He couldn't believe it. He didn't know how I did it. I said, I did it the same way I beat cancer and I created a music career. I said, this is a story. See, see, here's the magic. Here's the secret sauce. You don't just create the story. You walk in it. You're, you're there. You're living it. You, you live it. So if I say I'm going to move to uh, Northern California in two months, I'm already there. I haven't found the place. I don't know where I'm moving. I'm not sure what I would be doing there, except obviously what I do, because I do. Right. But I'm already there. It, it, it's done. It's finished. Now I just have to go fill in the pieces. I got to find the apartment. I've got to call the movers. Uh, I mean, I'm happy where I am, but that's how you do it. Most people just say, okay, this is my game plan. I'm creating this. You, you can't just create it. You have to find out where it lives and crawl in it and do it now. Mm -hmm. It may not be yes. like it's materialized now, but that's how I did it. That's how I did everything. I, when I was 15, I had my first record deal. When I got cancer, I said, mm, I don't think so. This death sentence, mm, I think that's full of shit. I'm, oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. You know, I mean, I wasn't that um, uh, pompous about it. You know, I mean, I was really nervous and I did a lot of, of research. Yeah. But I just didn't see myself dying. I don't think I'll die until my 80s, to, to, to be honest with you. Well, it um, sounds like your dad was had longevity, right? You said he was in his 90s. Yeah, I, I believe what my dad said. When the quality of your life isn't around anymore, that's the time to go. Oh, but the truth okay. is you don't really go anywhere because you know you're you're not this body anyway but that's that's another podcast <laughs> <laughs> but that's how you change that's how you change you know, i have a lot of people call me and say well you know i i want to do it and you know i'm trying you know, and i say well the first thing you got to do is you got to quit whining right so on a scale of one to ten how badly do you want it anything below an eight forget it you're right. wasting my so let's see if we can raise that eight to an 11 
and I'm here to support you in doing it. I'm going to tell you what to do, even if you think you can't afford it. Right. You know, you, you can afford it. You know, I was kidding. A friend, he, I, he said, well, don't move to San Francisco because I'm taking a road trip up north uh, tomorrow. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And he said, besides which, it's very, very expensive. I said, oh, yes, it's very expensive. I can find a place to live for 1500 1600 No, you can't. And I just, for the heck of it, I got online and I found a place. And he couldn't believe it. And I said, well, it's a 55-old community, but what do I care? I mean, I'm Yeah, six. it doesn't matter. It's just a place to stay. <laughs> yeah, I said, there you go. And they got three openings. And he said, I don't know you find this stuff. I said, no, it's... <laughs> You know, it's crazy just how it is, you know. You know, I'm a firm believer that once you create the path, like the things will be in the path for you. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. just like how you said, you know, you you see yourself there and then you don't know how you're going to get there. You don't know if it's going to be a windy road, a straight road. You have no idea. But you just know that that's the destination and things fall into place. They really do. Because the same thing, I feel the same way about facing fear, because I feel like Every single time that I have faced a fear, things have fall into place to make that thing happen that I'm trying to do. And so, you know, it's something that I don't know what you, what you call it. If you call it karma, you call it, I don't know what you call it, but it is, it is a very powerful thing. And I, I, I believe that it's real because, you know, you're talking about it. I've had other people talk about it and I've seen it manifested in my own life. And so, yeah, no, I think that's, that's a fantastic way to go about it to just visualize it happening and then not, not thinking that you have any control over the pathway, but just think that you have control over the destination, you know, creating it and making it your, your truth and your reality. Yeah. The, the thing is you have to learn to listen to what your inner guidance is telling you, because you may say, I'm going to move to San Francisco by May 30th. But if you listen, which is something I also teach, it's called mindful awareness. Something may say to you, like your gut, it, not a good time. Move in June or move in August. And you may say, well, I wrote down May 30th is my goal. But if, the, if your inner voice tells you mm, you need to wait, then you need to wait. So don't, you know, if you get like when I get in the car and I buckle that seatbelt before I pull out, I just kind of check in and every once in a while, there'll be something that'll tell me, you need to be really, really careful. And I'll go down this road. I live at the end of a road, which has got a lot of traffic. Okay. And uh, I was going to uh, go down that road and make a, a right hand turn and something, just something said, wait. And, it, it, and when you see an opening on this road, you take it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I, I waited. And then not even, I think, 10, 15, 20 seconds later, there was a car accident. Oh, my goodness. Right near there. So you need to listen to your inner voice. Mm -hmm. that, that's important. You can't just create stuff. You got to listen. You know? Oh, awesome. <laughs> These are great pearls. Absolutely. All right. So, Kevin, are you ready for the um, fill in the blanks? Well, after all this, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. All right. The first one is to me, fearless freedom means being authentic to yourself. Love it. Love it. The next one is if I am fearless, I will. 
let me think. If I am fearless, I will trust in whatever that divinity is and listen to my inner voice and have fun. Awesome. Awesome. And then last but not least, my battle cry is. Don't do battle. When you do what your heart and your soul is telling you, it's easy. I don't work a day in my life. I'm writing books. I have coaching clients. I'm making music. I don't do any battle. I used to. I don't battle. When you love what you do and you do what you love, there's no battle. So my battle cry, if I need one, is um, hmm, uh, don't worry, be happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is great. Yeah. Battle is, is a sign that something isn't working in balance. So if you feel like you're struggling with something, you need to step back and do an overhead look at it. You know, um, I was at a party and I didn't want to go because I, the people were kind of boring. I knew them, they're going to be, but I knew the cook was great and I'm, I'm a foodie and I went there and I started to feel bored and I did my overhead bird approach is what I call it. I kind of raised myself up on the ceiling and looked down and what I saw was that I was making this situation negative and difficult for myself, that these were just funny people and uh, stop judging everybody and just relax. And I did and everything was good. Okay. So even in your own battle, you can stop and have that overhead look and say, what am I battling? What is this about? Is it the control? Is it, you know, I'll, I'll just tell you one more quick one because I know we're going to end. I had a client and she hated her boss, hated her boss. She said, my boss drives me. And I said to her, how many, how much time do you spend a week actually talking to your boss on Zoom? And she calculated it and she said it was about 10 or 15 minutes. That's so it? We, yeah. <laughs> and I said, so you're, you're spending 10 or 15 minutes with this control freak, but you've got the entire week that you're carrying that with you when all you're doing is spending 10 or 15 minutes with her. So let her do her thing. Just, you know, huff and puff and that's it. And the rest of the week is yours. Right. And that's what she did. Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is something else. Wow. Thank you so much for your time and sharing with us, sharing all the pearls that you did and sharing your story, your journey, uh, all of the amazing things that you're doing. Really appreciate it. And um, it's kevinroth.org right for the contact fantastic yep. fantastic thanks again for being on the show thank you